All right, we are here. The first episode of 2022 for coaching sessions. It's it, it's been it's been too long. I think that the easiest way to uh, put this is during November and December, life keeps happening, and um, you know it happens fast. And there's really nothing you can do about it. And any plans that you want to make are pretty much thrown out of the window. Because what doesn't get to you in November is just going to kick the shit out of you in December. And uh, that is what that's what happened to me. I, in legit, because we're talking UFC on this podcast today, had to tap out in December. And just like, <laughs> I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I don't know who's, I don't know who's up above, but I'm putting it in their hands and you just take the wheel. Because it was, it was rough. But Amen. I am here with Michael Feiger, a man that I met a couple of months ago, and yeah, automatically sure. I was like, this is my new friend, talking UFC for like outside <laughs> for two hours straight, having a great time. Mike, yes, how sir. are you? I'm good, man. Really thankful to be here. This is my first time on a podcast, so uh, you know I couldn't think of a better platform to have my first time on. Yeah, it's, de- it's definitely not bad. Uh, for most people who know, it's more of a free-flowing conversation, just kind of hanging out, shooting the shit. That's the way I like to do it. But there are two reasons we are here. The latter is the UFC fight. First things first, and uh, because of the dopest hat I've seen all day, I do like Like that. that. We are here because on a previous (laughs) episode, I called Batman a scumbag. Now, this is not that I hate Batman as a whole. I'm a fan of Batman. Um... We just did a top five movie episode on our uh, newer podcast, Nerdimentary. He yeah, seen that. Congrats thank you. on that. By and the way. Uh, he does get a shout out in that from me. Um, spoiler alert: it's it's okay, Batman okay. nineteen eighty nine, and uh, to me, great pick. Can't oh my argue god, with one that. of the, one of the best movies that that I remember seeing when I was little. Iconic. I mean, don't get me wrong; they've they've managed to get better, but. You know, for a while, comic book movies were crap, and to me, like that is a movie. Yeah, that is the standard right there. Without that, you don't get anything else, and that includes that crappy Ben Affleck Daredevil movie that um, that I went to see on a. Actually, I just seen a rumor about Affleck's Daredevil possibly popping up in a multiverse of madness. So something to keep an I eye would out love, for. I would love to see it. I think that, uh, especially in Spider-Man, you know, having that dare, having Charlie Cox's Daredevil in there was like amazing, even though it was only for like a couple yeah. seconds. But um, yep. I mean, it was a huge pop in the in the entire crowd of that movie when he shows up. Same. I was so mad. I because I uh, me and Al went opening weekend and. Like as soon as they showed the close-up shot of the uh, the walking stick, I felt like the only one in the theater outside of Al that actually recognized what the hell was going on, and it pissed me off because like people were just like side conversations with each other. Oh, who is that? I don't recognize that guy. Like, how do you come <laughs> to these movies not fully prepared? It blows blows my mind. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually rewatching Daredevil for the first time uh, since I originally watched it, and just. It's night and day. I mean, they're, Marvel is truly killing it in every sense of the word right now, whether it be shows or Absolutely. TV. Absolutely, and I'm like, I'm like you, man. Movies. I was, I was a little, uh, I was a little bit snobby 
when the cane came on and, and people didn't oh, yeah. know. And I'm like, if you don't know, you don't deserve to be here. But I had to remind myself that, you know, not everybody was sitting around and, you know, reading yeah. comic books and knows like what's going on. I'm like, you're here to enjoy right. the movie too. Even if yeah. I don't want you to be here, because I also think I also exactly. just want you to shut the hell up because you keep talking. Like, and I just want to enjoy <laughs> the movie, yeah. but yeah, Charlie Cox is amazing. And, you know, Marvel is killing it. I feel like, you know, DC was a little bit behind, but I also think that th- where where Marvel has amazing, like, live-action movies, DC's animated movies are literally right there with them. They're just not live-action. Oh, yeah. Like, hands yep. down, like, some of the best movie comic book movies I've seen. Like, Justice League Doom is definitely probably my favorite one. Classic. Um, they have not Classic. messed up a Batman movie yet that's been animated and uh for actually just a couple months ago i actually just saw that uh superman red sun i just seen that myself not even probably a month ago yeah it was it was was just an amazing movie and the way that they they portrayed like the way they portrayed superman in that movie was really really good i have to watch injustice but yes there's part of me that's like nah I already played the game. You're not missing much. <laughs> I'll tell you, if, if you really want to add on to what you already know, just read the comics. Um, Cause the movie, it dumbs it down and it takes key elements that the game established and that the comics established and kind of just rinses them into like a basic A to B storyline. Uh, still a good movie, but definitely not as good as, you know, the, uh, the gamer. Uh, comic counterparts nah, not even close. i mean like that yeah that's my thing is when they make anything based off something like i've already seen i'm like what what can you add to it and yeah. uh unless they yep. have um superman murdering a 12 year old which is exactly what he does to shazam <laughs> technically he's right. just out here murdering a 12 year old yep. i don't want to see it yep. but <laughs> on fair enough i respect on to this semi debate about batman so I'm gonna go ahead. Stepping in enemy. No, no. You today. see, it, it's it's all it's all love here, man. It's all it's all uh it's all one thing here. But uh, I'm gonna throw this out here, and these are my these are my issues with Batman. Not complete issues, like I said, I love them. I'll be there Thursday night because a lot of people don't know. Spoiler alert: these movies are released on Thursday nights, not Fridays. So right, I always go right. on Thursday. And it uh, makes it a little bit easier. But my issues with Batman are this. It is that Shoot. Bruce Wayne is a billionaire philanthropist. The guy is basically a super genius. And he probably has enough money to fix the infrastructure of Gotham. To, you know, have better schooling, create jobs... Better mm-hmm. train and arm the police to handle the situations that he's handling. And, not to mention, to hire or better train the the workers at Arkham Asylum to, to handle those who go there, which is basically every single supervillain. And mm-hmm. then instead of doing that, he creates these awesome weapons that only he can use. He turns around weaponizes some children and goes out there and you know decides for the most part to do it himself and i just believe that 
in all actuality, if you really think about it, he would probably be better served to to train those police officers, to train the, the workers and the psychologists at Arkham. And I'm not saying he would have to stop mm-hmm. fighting crime, but it might make it a little easier on himself going down the road. Sure. Sure. That's uh, that's a very fair assessment. Um, yeah, were I'm you all, done there? Yeah. Or? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, fair fair assessment. Um, I I don't believe that throwing money towards whether it be infrastructure or funding the police. Um, the the whole point of Batman's existence in Gotham, and if we're looking just at Gotham is because of whether it's politically corrupt or judicially corrupt, it's a corrupt city. So throwing money towards those institutions, it's not going to fund anything that's going to make the city better because if that was the case, Batman wouldn't need to exist because his family was already funding True. the city to make it a better place before they were killed. Um, so I, I, I don't agree that throwing money to any you know one one aspect of the city, whether it be policing uh schooling mental rehabilitation um i I don't think it's gonna have the effect that um i I just don't think it's effective long term it'll it'll mask the situation but it won't resolve the situation and that situation being it's just a historically corrupt city um whether you look at the police being corrupt or the you know the mayor being corrupt whatever uh, the, the whole point of Batman's existence there is to combat the corruption. And if you're just feeding money into that system, you're kind of, in my eyes, you're just going in a circle, if that makes sense. Um, yes, he's a billionaire. Yes, he's a super genius. But at the end of the day, he's taking that intellect, he's taking that money to combat the corruption in the city. And I mean, if it, if it was as simple as tossing money, he he could have just leave and you know donate a few billion per year, and you not even have to worry about it. But he stays in the thick of it because he knows the city like the back of his hand, and he uses his funds to combat the corruption that is prevalent. Um, so it, it, that's my stance on that, as far as the uh, the money aspect goes. Now here's my thing. So I can I can honestly ag- agree with that. And there are times where I go, you know what? Mm-hmm. He's just like, you know, I know that these guys can't do it, so I just might as well do it myself. And I think we've all had those moments, mm-hmm. whether, you know, you're on a team or you're at work, where you look at the person next to you and you're like, okay, you're on my team, but you're not really on my team. Like, of course. you're just going to hold me down. It's like the Thanos right. teaser. What is it? Fine, I'll do yeah. it myself. So, yeah. But my thing is, I feel like at some times, he's not even doing it for the city. He's just kind of doing it for himself. It's almost like a, it's almost like therapy for his parents being killed, and he's just you know so you know he wants sure. you know he wants all of the glory. Yeah, he's willing to contact Commissioner Gordon ever ever so often, but all in all, he knows that the Gotham Police are absolutely like useless. And I wonder if right. like putting some of that money into into the the police infrastructure might stop some of those guys from being so corrupt because I feel like in a a city so ridden with crime where you don't feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're even like doing your part or anything. 
And I mean, yeah, I don't know how much those guys are being paid by Gotham PD. I'm not going to attempt to uh, to designate them as a salary, <laughs> but apparently, whatever salary it is, right. it is not enough. Of course. And I mean, so I just I'd like to see him at least throw some money at. It. Like I said, he doesn't have to stop fighting crime. I understand that you know they don't have. Yeah a guy as smart as Batman on the on the police force. And the last time they did, mm-hmm. depending on which uh which multiverse you're looking at, he turned into the Riddler. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up either way. Oh you're man, at it, it, isn't it's it? like apparently they really weren't paying him enough money. <laughs> yeah. No, I God, Riddler. He he's one of the uh one of the stars shine outs as far as, you know, the intellect that Riddler possesses, if he was to apply that to the greater good of the city instead of dropping these fucking <laughs> riddles on random street corners, could you imagine? Um, yeah, I mean, whether or not he's in it for himself, um, I'm sure there is a part of him that takes pride in you know, doing what he does, whether it be like, you know, if he considers himself a one man army or whatever. Um, I don't think that's the sole reason he's doing it though. Um, he knows since the moment he was eight years old in, in most of my, most of the experiences that I've read or watched, he's fully aware of the, the, the city and what comes with it. Um, I, I don't think it's fair to say that he's only doing it for himself because if that was the case, doing it for yourself would literally just be as simple as hoarding all the money that you're getting and not giving a fucking <laughs> dime to that city. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Um, and as far as, like, he, he, he doesn't, so to speak, he doesn't want the accolades or the fame that comes with that. Or, you know, the he, he just wants to get the job done, rid the city of the corruption. He doesn't give a shit if they're, you know, putting him on a on a, on a news clip saying that, you know, he's the savior of the city. He, he's just there doing it because if he's not, nobody else is going to. And if nobody else is going to, I don't think Gotham ceases to exist without Batman's presence. I think that city would have went into the hole the week that his parents were killed. Had he not came back, you know, 10 years after the fact and started putting his intellect and money towards making the city safer at the expense of, you know, he's got to beat the shit out of some people and it's still fear. But at the end of the day, he's doing that to make the city a safer place for those that are innocent. Um, that's how I view his approach to to God. Yeah. Oh, no, like I, I said, I feel it. But like as much as it is him being like selfless and this person who wants to guard his city, I do feel like there's a little bit that's, you know, it's in it for him where, you know. Oh, yeah, I, he, I can agree feel- with that. Yeah, there's an ego aspect. I mean, I, that, and that could be kind of argued for, I don't want to say every superhero, right. but a good amount. Oh, no, there, you know yeah. what I mean? There, there's, there's something that something in the background there that makes them put on that suit, no matter how much money they have in their pocket. And like, fuck it, this is what I'm going to do today. You know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, pick up and try I mean, again I, tomorrow. I'm absolutely there with the ego because I'm like, you know, even even Superman. I mean, I realize he's supposed to be this really nice guy, but there's got to be part of him that that yeah. I guess taken from that from the boys, you know, that that. That has yeah. a, a little bit <laughs> yeah. of that in there where he's like, I can kind of do whatever I want. And it's pretty cool that, like, I can punch a car right. across, like, the country. 
So I'm just going to do this right. because I can and no one can stop me. And I guess right. uh, maybe, just maybe Injustice was him going uh, semi-Homelander without uh, without jerking off on the top of the building. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Given the circumstances of Injustice, can you even fucking blame the guy? Like, you know, screw it. You want to take out all the world's villains, have at it, but know that those that are sworn to protect, you know, both sides of the equation, they're going to come after you. Like, I, I love it when they switch up characters. Right. I think like that, that. Uh, like, for me, that is, I mean, Homelander, or if you want to call it the Superman from Injustice, that is basically yeah. anybody in the world is like, I always say, like, one bad day away from, you know, from that. Yes. Um, there's yeah. a there's an old Michael Douglas movie called Falling Down where Yeah, I just watched that for the first time not even yeah. a month and, and it's a half a, ago. Yes, it's an Phenomenal. awesome movie and it's just one dude who's had one bad day. And, you know, and, and that's super yeah. I mean that could have been, you know, that could still be Batman. Depending on you know, depending on who you know, depending on who the Joker kills or or something. You know, unless it's unless right. it's like Jason Todd. And I, I guess that's another thing. Right. <laughs> if it's Jason Todd, we're perfectly fine. He could he could go. He was. Uh... But you were about to say something. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we're kind of lagging, but I'm right. just trying to make sure I'm not cutting you off because like the video's oh, no, lagging good. on my end. Um. Yeah, I mean, as as far as like, you know, when you look at a character like Jason Todd, um. And this kind of ties to, like, uh, the whole Robin's point, like, you know, weaponizing children or whatnot. Is it wrong? Sure. I, I, I don't think anybody could legitimately argue that it's right. Um, but if we're looking at what those characters went on to become, Jason Todd was only killed off because fans voted him to be killed off because they were pissed that DC and the Golden Age or so whatever age it was I, got I rid vote, of him. I voted for him to be killed off. I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually did that. Um, oh, it cost well, it cost some money. Um, my dad was not my dad was not happy. I think when he got the phone bill, he wanted me to be killed off, but Jason got it instead, so we're perfectly fine. <laughs> That's great. I never, I, I never knew about the process. So that, that's really interesting to hear from uh from somebody who's actually you know contributed. And by the way, clap it up. You gave birth to one of the greatest fucking anti heroes in any comic. Red Hood of is all time. is really fucking dope, man. He, he is like he's he's what Jason Todd should have been in the first place, and then I wouldn't have had him be killed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's. <laughs> hey, fair enough. You gave birth to to one of the greatest fucking uh you know anti heroes or villains, depending on how you look at them. So right. I'll go uh, full Jack Nicholson um, and Batman eighty nine, but like uh you know what uh you made me and I I made you, so you know we're kind of we're kind of square. Yeah. Hey, that's exactly that's exactly it. And I, I feel like that's like the core of Gotham almost. Like Gotham made Batman, and you could argue that Batman's presence made some of the villains that are there today, but. I don't think it's fair to say that those villains wouldn't have already existed had Batman not been there. I feel like after enough time and, you know, shit going on in the city, 
all those people would still be there. They might not dress up as clowns or fucking leave riddles around the city, the city, but at the end of the day, I do think they would be there. Um, yeah, I, I, I can agree. It, it, um, I definitely. It's just Gotham's really a shitty it, place. Like, yeah, it. God, it really is like the crappy, the crappiest version of New York City. <laughs> yeah, and how does New York get any shittier than it already is? How do you do that? What, are you just slap an asylum on the island? And call you know what? Day? Depending, some of those boroughs uh, you go to might just be the asylum that you're looking for. I mean, I I have seen enough point. videos of people acting crazy in New York to realize that a lot of them need to be need to be yeah. locked up. You live in New York long enough, chances are you're going to end your life in an right. asylum. Or like, you know, fighting a homeless person on the subway. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I, I definitely, I definitely do wonder what would happen if Batman wasn't there. I Like you said, I think that, I don't know if the Riddler would be around because I think the Riddler is just there because he, he just enjoys trying to see how smart Batman is. Right. The challenge. Like, the, right. the Joker, most right. definitely. Most definitely. I mean, you know. That's fair. Every every yeah. three or four months, he you know he'd be trying to poison Gotham's water system. He probably would have succeeded, and then I think he would right. have been upset because I think that the whole thing is the the trying, sometimes not even the succeeding. Yeah, just the whole process of doing. No, I don't know if you've seen the Harley Quinn uh, cartoon on HBO Max. I've seen clips here. Al's been telling me to watch it since it came out, which really surprises me because I did not think he would, be, you know, would be the type of person to watch something like that. Uh, I've heard nothing. Yeah, I didn't think I'd be, but then I I got bored one day. Turned on, I was like, this is really good. But um, it's like the the dichotomy between him and Batman, the Joker and Batman on that show mm-hmm. is absolutely hilarious. I'm gonna have to check it yeah, out. And then. Uh, after you watch it, we'll have to have a conversation about that one. But I'm I'm definitely with you. Like some of those people, they they definitely wouldn't be there. I mean, I don't even know if Bane would have came to Gotham. That's yeah, that's fair. And it, you know, really, when talking about something like that, it's all it's so hard to to discuss it as far as face value goes. Would this person be there if Batman wasn't? Because we have how many thousands of different right. writers writing different stories, writing, you know, you have stories where Batman is funding the city, but at, at you know, same flip of the coin, he's going out on patrol every night. Um, so it really depends on who's writing it and, you know, how they view Batman. And he, really, it's all semantics. You know, it, it, really it is, is. But um, I honestly believe that there's no other reason, as we spoke before, to go to Gotham. Like, they're like, no, not at all. <laughs> like, what? Like, why <laughs> would anyone want to go to Gotham? Like, it's there's no like, like, what are you going to travel there for? To be besides to get like robbed yeah. or murdered? Seriously, and it, what, I would really like to see him. It might have already been done, and you could do this. Could apply to so many other stories, but I want to see a story centered on Gotham, where all of its inhabitants have just fucking left. And all that's left are these gangs that are fighting it out for control of the city. And you have Batman right smack dab in the middle. I want to see something like that. I'm sure it's been written in some way, shape, or form. But I want to see a story start to finish just based on that idea alone. The city's, all of its inhabitants are gone. And you have the worst of the worst at the center of it. And Batman's the glue holding it all together. 
I would love that would to see that would that. actually be pretty dope. I feel like it would be a a bigger version of the uh, I think it was Batman Arkham Asylum, where they had walled off part of the city, and, yeah. and you know you just had everybody fighting, and you had right. Two Face guys and, and Joker guys. It, yeah, Arkham. Uh, yeah. talking about the games, right? Okay, Arkham. Yeah, city, so that would yeah. be like that would actually be awesome if he was trying to you know stop the crime and get people to come back, you know, with like. With Bruce Wayne right. and Alfred being like the last two people like in the city, exactly. Yeah, I would definitely. That yeah, sounds could, awesome to me. If that's not already a thing, you could sign me up be. for that. But I, I think the one thing I want, and it's going to sound crazy, is I want someone who just do like it could be a one-off of like the comic book for one month, where you know they do a filler, because I want to know. Mm-hmm. what in the hell makes somebody want to work for any of these super villains? Because I told somebody the other day, I, you know, I'm like, if I'm like, if anything, if I've watched any Batman, whenever you're dealing with the Joker, number one, he rarely ever yeah. like robs banks. He's got an idea, but like besides the Heath Ledger, right. like Joker, he rarely ever like robs a bank looking like for money. But what I do know is that if he yeah. hires you and he tells a joke, Sometimes if you laugh, he'll kill you. Sometimes if you don't laugh, he'll kill you. And then the alternate is eventually Batman is going to kick the shit out of you. So, like, how is he paying you? Like, why are you there? Like, there's got to be, like, somebody better to work for. It's a shitty... I agree. I I think a lot of it is Joker's just extorting people, whether it be using their family... You know, I, that's that's probably the number one thing he does to get you to work for him is, you know, kidnap a family member, show you a picture or some shit. Um, yeah, if those people are willingly <laughs> seeking out these fucking people to work under, Gotham is in a much worse state than I thought it would have ever been, if that's right, the like, case. Are they really Holy just... hell. What a world they're Yeah, are they really just not there. hiring criminals at all, like, anywhere? Because I feel like a good majority of <laughs> yeah. Gotham is a bunch of criminals. And don't you have, like, construction yeah. jobs or, or something these guys can do? Because, yeah. Something. They got a monopoly going on over there. Yeah, like, there. if you need henchmen, like, you are definitely, like, headed headed to Gotham. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel... It's also, like... All signs right. point to God. And then, you know what? Just adding on to that, at the tail end of it, when it all goes down and Batman eventually wins, Joker, mm-hmm. or whoever, gets a nice cushiony room at Arkham Asylum where, you know, they're probably going to treat him very nice and try to fix their problems. You end up in jail. Like, mm-hmm. you go to jail. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's another point. I'm glad we're covering... Arkham as a mental institution or Arkham versus Arkham as a as a prison. I'm of the opinion, and I wish Bill was here because I, I know he would get a kick out of this. I'm of the opinion, and I fully agree, Arkham at its core was a mental hospital during its first inception. I, I believe over time, with the presence of all the fucking criminal supervillains that are within Gotham, it was retrofitted to become a supermax prison. And I think the the key takeaway with why Batman's rogues specifically are sent there is because you keep your friends close, but your enemies closer, right? Batman knows without a shadow of a doubt that these people are going to escape and they're going to do anything they can, whether it's escaping internally or getting outside help to bust them out, they're going to escape. So why keep them off island somewhere outside of Gotham 
when you could just have them within arm's reach. That bell goes off, Batman springs into action, and hopefully saves the day before enough damage is done. That, that's my take on what I, I, how I view Arkham and the purpose that it serves in God. Yeah, well, the way, okay, so this is the way that I see things is that, yes, it's supposed to be an asylum. I understand, like you said, and I agree, Batman, you know, he can kind of go in and out of Arkham as he pleases. Which, you know, is, is pretty weird, mm-hmm. you know, seeing as how most other people would need like a clearance. But, you know, yeah, he's just like, yeah. I'm just going to come on in anytime I want and talk to whomever. But the thing I see about keeping them right. like off or away from the island is maybe there is that chance that they might go somewhere else. You know, maybe there's that chance that like, you know, maybe they're not sure. going to Metropolis. Maybe they're not right. going there. But, I mean, if you can't go to Gotham. The next best place to go is probably over near Oliver Queen. No, like just go over by, you know. Yeah. Yeah, go to go to Star City, and you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Oliver Queen is a bad hero, but he's not Batman. You might be able to. You might be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish in Star City, and he might have to call Batman eventually, but. You can probably get a lot more right. done. So I have to think that in a weird way, Batman keeps them there because, you know, they are his challenge. And he's like, well, as long as they're here, mm-hmm. you know, I got something to do. But I also think that, you know, yeah. they could just as well get off the island when they escape from Arkham. And they're the, sa- they're the same way. Right. So they kind of just keep coming back to each other. But, you know, the right. question... And I guess, I guess that really depends on, like, if you're viewing Batman as somebody that is responsible for the creation of those types of villains, like, let's say, Joke, or let's say, you know, Two-Face or whatever, then it only makes sense for them to return back home because they're combating the very thing that created them. Personally, I don't view Batman as that character that is responsible for the creation of those villains. Um, to, I mean, to, to tie back really into what we were talking about earlier, it's just it comes down to how the writer is writing the characters, not only Batman, but the villains and what each motive, you know, behind the two characters are. Um, and it, it, it doesn't help that we get a new writer picking up a new story, you know, every other week. And, you know, I could say one thing today or we could say one thing today and it could completely change the next week. So that, that's the, the beauty. Yeah, of I mean, it. I think it's it's cool that, you know, you do get the different stories. I think it's cool that they add in things like the Court mm-hmm. of Owls with the talents and everything. And, and those are yeah. those are pretty good because you have to you have to keep coming up with with better things to challenge Batman. But I mean, like right. you said, going back to Injustice. The Joker got more accomplished going to Metropolis dealing with Superman than he's ever yeah. got accomplished with Batman. To be fair, though, that chain of events caused a ton of issues for Batman. I mean, you know what I mean? Say so it's, it's, it's a chain of events that started with Superman, who's not typically someone Joker goes head to head with. But all of that directly affected Batman and those closest to right. him. Right, and sometimes it feels like all that Joker wants to do is make Batman's day a little bit worse than it already is, and just give him give him problems. Oh, of so, and at the beginning of Injustice, by blowing up the city and and causing Superman to go nuts, what did he do before he died? But make like 
Batman's entire life really, really bad. He put Superman on that that path of really right. No I mean, and I mean, God, if you got Superman coming at you, you you know, that's a bad day for anybody, friend or foe. I just, I don't know. I had to, I had to laugh because it's just you know, everybody knows Batman doesn't kill unless apparently it's Ben Affleck's Superman mm-hmm. versus Batman or whatever you want to call it. But um, I don't yeah. recognize that as a yeah. movie, so we'll just uh. Forget that that ever happened. It tarnishes the legacy of the Dark Knight. But um, it's just when you watch Injustice and he's trying, and Superman comes in and he's got the Joker and he's up by like, he's got him held up. And you see Batman trying yeah. to stop him still. At the same time, yeah, I guess I'm looking at him like, yeah, let it go. <laughs> like, let it happen. Like, at, at yeah. that point, I mean, of course, we know yeah. like he went, you know, completely off the rocker, but, you know, I look at it. Right. And I, I think, oh, oh no, problem. I just look at it as like, man, if if somebody did that to like my wife and my kids, it's like, yeah, that that's what's gonna happen. Like, you're not stopping me from doing it. Hopefully, right. that would make me feel better, but apparently, it didn't make him feel better. <laughs> yeah, no, um, and I, I think part of the point. I don't think Batman's trying to stop. If we're talking specifically injustice. I don't think Batman's trying to stop Superman from killing Joker because by him killing Joker, that puts Batman out of work. I think Batman just has enough hindsight to know, well, fuck, if he kills Joker, what's to stop him from killing literally every other villain in this universe? Um, and I mean, sure, you could kill... And this is really hard for me to say because I... <laughs> I fucking loved Ben Affleck as Batman. I loved the entire, you know, grizzled old Batman that just says, fuck it, you know, 30 years into his career and starts taking everybody out after, you know, the death of Jason Todd. Um, I love love his Batman. I don't like the Batman v Superman. That's it. It is one of the worst movies I have ever seen in my life. And I... We could have a whole fucking podcast dedicated to just yeah, that you, movie, dude. Because oh if you want to hear me God. cry for the length of a podcast, I, because that that uh, summer that that came out, it was Batman v Superman, and then um, Suicide yeah. Squad, the first one, which was horrible, absolutely yeah. horrible, back to back failures. Like, I was in, I was in a, a bit of a comic book depression for a couple months, and then uh, later yeah. on that year, uh, Deadpool came out. And, and that kind of snapped me yeah. out of it. But, yeah, they were really bad movies. And it's, it's so baffling to me because going back to what we were talking about, like, all they have to do is mimic the last 10 years worth of animated movies, mm-hmm. change up a few things, make it live action, and there you go. You have... You've literally done what everything that Marvel just did, live action, you've done that already years before in in animated and it it just it really blows my mind that now we're to the point where there isn't going to be any more you know superhero team ups as far as dc goes it's all one shot films on characters that nobody gives a fuck about i don't care about batgirl getting her own movie i don't care about nightly getting their own movie the only way that's feasible is if batman exists and if batman doesn't exist outside of bringing back michael keaton 
I don't see a reason. No, for I'm with it. you. I, I I said the same thing about the Batgirl TV show. I was like, no one cares about yeah. yeah no, one, no one fucking cares about Kate Kane or anybody else. Not at all. Not at all. Like no, they're just like Batgirl has always just been a horrible, horrible character. Yeah, she's right. just there, and she's she's never had her own solo venture outside of like maybe a one shot comic. She's always there in company of every other Batman, you know, aff- affiliate. Like, it, and it really pains me, man. Like, because I'm not even I don't consider myself to be a DC or Marvel fan. I just really fucking like Batman, and when you start you know messing with origin stories or start messing with you know just just characters that really shouldn't be getting that spotlight because if they're not sharing that spotlight with the the other character that's the whole reason they exist it's just like what are you doing i you're you're not marvel stop trying to catch up to them so quickly right it takes well, time i think the thing is as far as that my my opinion of the the dcu was that they threw everything together in 2 seconds there was no continuity whatsoever. They're just like, let's get to this no. Justice League. But if they wanted to, yeah. what they could have done had they not had Batman versus Superman was almost kind of just, I guess, um, say that they were in the same universe and that Batman v Superman mm-hmm. or whatever could have been just like, you know, if you would have done a one shot, yeah, a one shot, um, a one shot Batman movie. And then at the end, you're kind of, yeah. like, you know, you're just implying that he knows Superman. Right. Maybe at the end of the movie, he, you know, he go, he tells Alfred, "Hey, I'll be back. I'm going to visit with the Justice League." Now you've implied that they all know right. each other, and then you can throw exactly. in a Justice League movie. But right. instead, we got okay. Well, here's Superman. It turns out all this time he just lived across the street from me. And, you know, now we're arguing and then we throw Wonder Woman in there for no reason. And, you know, you you barely get anybody else's origin story. Like, you know, the Flash. I mean, how long has it been since the the Justice League movie? Three, four years? And I can't even remember. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's what really pisses me off. Batman versus Superman could have worked had it been done immediately following a Mm follow-up to man of steel and a fat flex solo film it works but to i can't even believe they killed superman in his second (laughs) on-screen appearance his second on-screen appearance oh fuck it let's just kill him like you know you're gonna bring him back in the next movie but how like we went from man of steel into 20 in 2013 to 2018 he's dead And then a year later, they bring him back. Like, do you know how many movies could have been placed between then and now to set up that that exact story? Well, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, I'm with you, because I'm like, listen, I'm like, you took away, like, 85, like, issues of the death of Superman. Like, you could have introduced Steel and Superboy and and all of that. You could have added all that in. You could have had a, you would have had a movie where, like, it's Batman and everybody else trying to take care of, like, all these super-duper villains in Metropolis, you know, that only, right. you know, that normally right. only Superman can deal with because only he's got the power to do so. Right. But you're like, nah, F that. Exactly. Like, we're just going to bring him back. Like, it blew my mind, dude. Like, I, I just remember being at the theater and watching, uh, what really got me with that is when he's flying with the fucking Christmas <laughs> spear. 
What? <laughs> what? What is going on? How is that even possible? He's flying with it? And now, oh, he has enough energy to, right. you know, fucking stab Darkseid with it. I, I could not believe what I was yeah, watching. A, it, it blew was, my mind. I mean, it was a shit show. I mean, let, let's just be honest. I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong. It was a multi-million dollar shit show. But we all went in there yeah. expecting, like, Dark Knight Returns. And we got whatever yep. the hell that was. And even if you went in with low expectations, that movie just it there were no expectations like at the halfway point you fucking you had jesse eisenberg (laughs) as lex luther was was like a cross of joker slash riddler yeah Yeah. god just it boils my blood right now i mean at the end of the day halfway through the movie you're absolutely like what the fuck am i watching and then like yeah by the end of the movie you've that's right. not even the climax. <laughs> right. Even like yeah. the entire second half of the movie, once you get to the fight scene, is what am I seeing? Why is there no continuity yeah. to this? Why is Doomsday here? Oh, right. here comes Wonder Woman. Why is she here? You know, don't get me started yeah. on my name's Martha it's too. So <laughs> my mom's name is Martha too. <laughs> it could What really kills me with that is I, I did not know this until after the fact like i guess in the comics they both do have the same mom's name which but oh my god like there's so many ways you could have approached that scene it's like (laughs) and you guys opt for sharing a mom's name that's what brings you know what it could have been it reminded me of stepbrothers when they're in the room and they just find (laughs) out like they like all the same things like they could have just been like your mom's name is martha my mom's name is Martha. We just become big best friends. Yep. Right. Do a jumping high five and go yep. fight Doomsday. And like it, it was yep. it was horribly played. Like I said, the even when you get to the end credits, which I think was the end credit scene was the best part because I really wanted to see uh, Joe Manango as um, Deathstroke. And dude, we were on the verge right. of greatness. Like the. Yeah, a Batman versus Deathstroke movie, because I don't think a lot of people realize how good of a Batman villain he really is, and like, like you know, because he's also like you know super intelligent and a really good strategist, and he, yeah, right, and he and his hand to hand is right there with Batman, if not if not better, yeah. But that's in a lot of ways, yeah. Bowstaff, I mean, that dude's. Both staff skills are right. I think he gets a lot of crap because, like, they you know they threw him on Titans, and it seems like the Titans just beat him all the time. But I don't think that people have seen like the Judas contract and things like that, where he just basically just annihilates the Titans from the inside. And uh, they do a good. I'm glad that you're a Deathstroke fan, man, because he's undoubtedly one of my favorite villains or anti heroes, depending on how you view him. Um. Not just because he matches up against Batman so well, but just because he's a fucking right. badass. Like, you know, missing an eye, yet he could perceive everything that you want to do to him ten moves before you right. even think about doing it. I, I love that. About yeah, and character. sometimes I feel like he gets stuck as, like, the second-tier kind of guy, but he is definitely, like, yeah. first-tier all the way around. He's um, top-tier. I am actually 100%. such a Deathstroke fan. That I may or may not have purchased a uh, a ninety dollar Deathstroke mask. I think I I think you might have seen it and have posted it. 
Okay. I'll be right back. Be right back. Oh, we're about to get a surprise here. So my brother collects masks. Nice. Red Hood. I love it. Right? And then my brother got the uh, the Deathstroke mask from ah, Arrow. I, the Arrow I, like, I like that Slade Wilson. That's how I got into uh, Deathstroke, believe it or not. Man, can we just talk about Arrow season one? It's season uh, one it's two. definitely like I I literally went and bought and started doing archery because I loved that show so much. Yeah, like there really? is there is a, wow, uh, a part awesome. of me, and I know that my wife is hiding somewhere in the living room right now, and she's listening, and hopefully she'll forget about this, but she probably won't. That deep down inside <laughs> is like. I'm going to get an arrow costume and I'm just going to show up at the archery range dressed yeah. as the arrow, you know, telling people that Hell they've, yeah. that they've randomly failed the city. But, uh, I can't remember his first <laughs> name, but I know it's the, our last name, but I know his first name is like Manu, but that's the guy who uh, played Deathstroke. Yeah. Manu Bennett. Bennett. And yeah. he just, I mean, yep. he kills it. The way the way that they even the way they did the story of like how they know they were both on the island and both loved the same girl and everything like and how he basically like taught him everything. Oh my god! Yeah, just thinking about it, man, it it actually gives me goosebumps. Um, that was comic book TV before there really was comic book TV. You can make the argument for uh, you know, Smallville. Mm. Smallville let the let you know put the the groundwork in, but man, did that show really just it, it got into its own. Um, how far are you caught? Oh, up I've, I've watched it all. Like I never watched? missed an episode. Like I, I really? there and like. When did it start getting oh, painful? Probably about to watch like for you. About the time that like season five, season uh, six. when Raj Al Ghul showed up, uh, when him yes. and Damian Dark yes. started to come in, and it got. A little bit more, yep. I guess, magical, you know. And I think it was yeah. around the same time that, uh, right. you know, I mean, Flash was kind of getting magical, and then there was, uh, oh, I can't remember the other show uh, with the where they're riding through time. Yeah, Legends, Legends of, of Tomorrow, Tomorrow, like those yeah. things. Like I didn't mind Legends of Tomorrow either. Like the first one or two seasons, it was it was kind of cool. But at that point, and that that's the common theme with them that like seasons one and two, whether you're looking at Flash, Arrow phenomenal like uh especially in regards to flash man i just got sick of barry allen needing help from everybody that wasn't him like you're the fucking flash bro you shouldn't need a team of scientists to take out you know captain cold i mean i get what they were doing though because you know like arrow had a team so he yeah. had to have a team but i'm absolutely with you as like somebody who read flash comic books like this like barry allen's like really really smart like he no offense he doesn't yeah. need a, a cisco and yeah and <laughs> and right and i and i don't even mind cisco as a character yeah. like he might have been my secondary favorite character on that show yeah, I like them every now and again. Not every time there's right. a challenge, like they're brainstorming in a room. I don't. You're the fucking Flash, bro. Just run. They, the I'm gonna say they never, they never brainstorm anything good. The brainstorm is always twenty minutes later. You know, Barry, you should probably just run faster. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's hyping up Barry Allen. That's the brainstorm, Barry. You could do this. We promise. We believe in you. All right, fuck it, guys. I got like, did you guys come out. up with like, yeah, some kind and of tech for me? It. Not really. 
but uh, we got you uh, a new uniform. It looks a little like different. Run but if you were running like faster, bro, like like you know you ran fast yeah. the last time, like but like faster, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, I I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. Right, I. I could tell you the exact point I stopped watching Arrow. I think it was the end of season five, the Rachel Ghoul season, and Felicity comes saving the fucking day in her uh, her you right. know, Adam suit, like just out of nowhere. You know, she just comes in, wipes out like four extraterrestrial threats by herself, and I was like, you know what? I don't think this show is for me anymore. Well, it got to the point to where like they. They kept trying to throw like bigger and badder villains, and then also like once yeah. Rashad Ghoul went came in, I was like, "Oh, they're just trying to make Batman." They refused to make a Batman show, that? so they're just going to make Oliver Queen Batman. Yeah, stole all of the elements. So I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I, I 100% <laughs> I was like, agree. "I came here for Arrow." I was like, "If they want to make a Batman show, that's cool." And then like everybody, yeah, everybody started it, getting like powers. Like Cisco, Cisco got powers. Yeah. Oh, Everybody on Flash's team has powers now. Yeah. What did he have? He had like the stupid sound right. hearing ability, or, or like he could show? go through, like, like yeah, he could go like he could teleport or something stupid like that, and like he could now he could turn into energy oh, blast. God. But the thing was, he should have stayed dead when Reverse Flash phased yeah. through his chest. That the been worst part him. was though that nobody's powers are actually helpful. I mean, they're there. They have Killer Frost, for yeah. Christ's sakes. Just minor right. inconveniences. <laughs> like, they have Killer Frost, and yeah. they're like, nah, we don't need Killer Frost. We got Barry to run fast. Nope. Like, <laughs> yeah. As they're going up against Reverse Flash, like, all she needs to do is a sheet of black ice on the ground. Any Flash-based character is going to fucking trample to their deaths trying to run fast on ice. I mean, that's a really dumbed-down way of putting it, but... Yeah, I mean, you had characters on there that were just there for the sake of taking up time. They weren't there to help. They weren't there to, you know, further the story. Oh, she has ice powers, so yeah. yeah. I think I, I think I was because I'll, I'll catch the clips of Flash ever so often on like YouTube. I just refuse to watch it anymore uh, mm-hmm. because if I hear yeah, like same. "Run, Barry, Run" like one more time, I lose my fucking mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so bad, I. I think the last so one bad. I saw, they actually, like, at some point, they took uh, Caitlin and Killer Frost and, like, separated them from each other. So now they're, like, two different people, but they're the same person. So, like, Killer Frost is, like, the bad one, and then Caitlin's, like, the nice one. But Killer Frost is also, like, I'm going to help out Team Flash as much as I can. And I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm good. No interest in that whatsoever. No interest. I, yeah. That's the, the really the shittiest. And again, it ties back to DC. They have everything they need. They have the casting. They have the story ideas. They just don't have the ability to act on both of those things. And here we are, you know, talking about it. Yeah, maddening. Especially if you're an actual fan. Like I, I couldn't imagine being a sole DC fan right about now with all the shit that's going on. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think that fanboying over like anything too much is crazy. Like, 
I used to do that. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, Xbox or PlayStation, this or that. It's like, nah, just got to enjoy them as much as you can. But DC is really making it fucking hard for me exactly. to try to enjoy anything. Like, I'm not even going to get started on Supergirl because that was a whole other thing. And I was like, wow, they really did try to, like, they were trying to make her a feminist. You're talking yeah, about they the tried TV to make her, show? like, a feminist icon. Okay. But they also wrote her as, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the clip from Saturday Night Live where they tried to make, they made fun of the Black Widow movie and they were saying like it would be written like a, a rom-com because she's a girl. And if you ever no, get to look, like, look up, like, but I, I can see the yeah, point like, being made. Look, like look up the YouTube, like SNL Black Widow uh, trailer. And it's exactly what they did with yeah. Supergirl, which is like, oh, she's a feminist icon, but she's also, you know, she wants a boyfriend. She wants to be able to, you know, be a successful writer <laughs> at a at a fashion at a fashion magazine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and if you're gonna take that approach, man, fuck it, have at it. But pick one thing to center the focus on. Don't try and oh, she needs to be this, you know, LGBTQ icon, but also having a boyfriend. And she studies Chinese right. on the weekend or whatever fucking bullshit. Just have study, pick one thing. That's it. Instead of trying to branch out and make this character ten different things that they're not, it's insanity but, to me. So, yeah, and it's like, oh, we're just going to throw in Martian Manhunter for no apparent reason, but we're not going to make him at all yeah. useful. We're, we're going to get your hopes up that he'd be useful, but guess what? At nope. the end of the day, he's just as useless as anybody on Team, on team Arrow or Team Flash. And you know what the, my favorite part of that is? They did the exact same fucking thing with the the, the movie version of Manhunter. <laughs> the exact same thing. The exact same thing. Superman's new to Earth. Oh, Martian Manhunter's just this convenient fucking war general. Like, it sounds cool, but where was he at when Superman was fighting Doomsday and died? Like, he was just, oh, fuck it, I'll sit here on the sidelines and right. watch. I think the the one thing they the one thing they Insanity. have done, and I don't know if you've seen it yet, but uh, the the new Superman show is actually really good. Like, yeah, like Superman I I have I've heard I have never things. been like a huge Superman fan. Like since I was about six, when I realized that like if he needs to, they just give him whatever superpower he needs. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, so I'm right. on that train. Superman, like, bitch. Like train. I just, I really, yeah. I really do hate that. But um, no, the new, the new one, yeah, it's uh, I it's agree. great. They really like humanize him and like you know giving him like kids and and a wife and everything. And they, they don't yeah, take away. They don't really take away. I won't say they dumb down his powers, but they go back to like basic yeah. Superman powers. So that way he doesn't have, right. like, you know, he is out on that show like getting his ass kicked. So it, you know, it actually looks right. like you know there's going to be trouble. And things like that. Right. And that's what a character like Superman needs. I mean, because after a certain point, you're just too fucking powerful. Like, nothing phases you. If you're not giving the, the hero a worthy adversary, you know, what's the point? You know, you just exist. Like, you, you need characters. You, you need to have some sort of balance for that hero so that they're not just crushing whatever competition they face. Right. If you can humanize Superman, man, that's you get some serious accolades because that's really yeah. Hard and plus, to do. they got uh, my man Tyler Hochin on there, and I liked him on uh, the where on uh, the Werewolf show. Oh man, what was it Teen Wolf? 
Yeah, when, CW he, when he was on, no, it was on MTV, Teen Wolf show. Okay. He, uh, he played a werewolf on there. Yeah, and he okay, was, uh, yeah, he was yeah, really yeah. dope on there, but he does, like, a really good job. Like, if they were smart, they would take that Superman, and I know, like, you know, it's far-fetched. Yeah. But I think with uh, with Robert Pattinson's Batman being a little bit a little bit younger, they might be able to take like mm-hmm. his Superman, and then you know they're young enough to where you know they could right. be in a franchise for a while, which is another issue I have with DC, where they'll grab a bunch of old people who like you know it's like five years in between movies, yep. so you get yeah, right. keep them on the shelves for right. ten years. So you don't get like you don't yep. get a chance to like form a bond like you did in the MCU with these guys. So it's like you know. I know it sounds like ageism, but hire hire some younger people, man. No, you're you're spot on, man. Especially, I mean, we know what DC's plan as far as movies is going for. We know what that is. They're they're doing one-off films, and like for example, with the Flash movie that comes out next year, they're gonna try and use that. I don't think that movie's gonna have anything to do with uh, you know Robert Pattinson. Pattinson's Batman. I think they're going to see to see how that movie performs, and a few years down the line, if they want, they could use the Flash movie to tie that in to the you know the bigger universe. But DC has really shot themselves in the foot as far as establishing a bigger universe because if you guys can't get your team up film right the first time, let alone have movies before that that establish that team up film, you're already behind. You have no choice but to focus on single characters and hope to God you can make a storyline that's that's cool to tie them all together and, you know, five Absolutely. years down the road. Like, I think that there are uh, a lot of their TV besides, like, you know, anything before season three of any of their TV shows are really, really awesome. So, like, mm-hmm. now, you know, they've got that going for them. But I think that, you know... Yeah. That's where that's where they need to go is maybe you just start making some of these guys, you know, the the ones that you see in the movie because people really do like they right. really do like uh Barry Allen on the TV show, but not everybody is like excited about like Ezra Miller's Flash cuz Ezra Miller's Flash is like weird, he's quirky, yeah. but he also is like slightly a coward. Barry. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Barry Allen doesn't have like every single power. But he's never been a coward. Like, you know, he right. may not be able to stop it, but I he'll run 100%. into it. So, but. Yep. 100%. And that, what really kills me, like, you could have went the route where you had Wally West on the TV version. And then Barry Allen as the movie counterpart, or vice versa. But why, especially given, like, obviously this is all supposed to tie into a bigger universe. Why would you have two versions of the same character, one in the movies, one on the TV? It makes no sense. It makes it all your guys are doing. You're putting yourselves in a creative loophole where you have to base the, like you're taking character or attributes from characters like Wally West and applying that to characters like Barry, Barry Allen when you could just have the two different characters right. alone. You know what and I mean? And then like yeah, now yeah. they're uh, like their HBO Max shows are killing it because I mean I love Titans. Titans is a really good show. Yeah. I don't. I just watched the uh, the first episode of Peacemaker. Um, oh my God! How is that, John I'm Cena? To that. Absolutely, like he I, kills it, and it is a f- because like that. that, like that second Suicide Squad movie was really really good, and yeah, um, I agree. I mean, most of it is because it wasn't just the the Deadshot Harley Quinn movie that the first one was. Like right. they they really did take exactly. like yeah. 
It was a squad. Right, they really movie. went full. You, you could tell because it was James Gunn that they went straight up Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's like, "Give me everybody right. that no one cares about." And what a man! If there's anything DC's done right in the last few years, it was bringing yeah. James Gunn on for a team up film, whether it be villains teaming up or whatever. Kudos to them. That was the move to make. I don't give a fuck how much con- controversy that dude's wrapped up in. I, I don't care. Well, Just I mean, all that movie. controversy, thankfully for them, worked out in their favor. I mean, sure, you know, Marvel yeah, hired him back, 5%. but you know, they you know they've got him too, right. and he writes the Peacemaker show. So it's like the first probably like right. five to ten minutes of that show are just laugh out loud hilarious, and then it just keeps getting better. Like I'm really like. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I'm sure you've watched like Cobra Kai. Oh man! I have like, so enough. if you get a chance, you got to watch Cobra Kai. And if you watch Cobra Kai and Peacemaker at the okay. same time, like Peacemaker and Johnny Lawrence yeah. are the same person, and it's it's you'll gotcha. you'll see it, and especially like the first season of Cobra Kai, and it is about the funniest thing. Like you can tell, like this dude is so out of touch with like with anything i'm definitely gonna cue but, this up you know, i'll stop the dc conversation i don't want to if there's anybody who, who may even be involved with dc or like dc they're probably in like a pool <laughs> of tears right now ripping their right, fucking like laying under off. their table shaking in like a pool of their own piss and they're just crying and they're probably trying to find our addresses so <laughs> I don't want the DC fanboys to come and like try it's to cancel fine. me. Yeah, let's switch gears but while we're ahead. The other thing is, like I said, we started talking because of a love of UFC. And yes, you know, sir. the first big okay. before we do this real quick, can I you sure can bathroom break real yeah. quick? All, All right, man, I'll be right back. Oh, absolutely. I got too much stuff downstairs. But uh, we are back, and we are going to, uh, as I said, me and Mike have a, a love of UFC. Um, both were once uh, members down at Strong Style and Independence, uh, home of UFC champion and the man who should really have had a rematch already, Stipe Miocic. But uh, hit the, the man who beat him, because in my... Uh, in my eyes, he should have wrestled him instead of trying to go like punch for punch. Uh, Francis Ngannou, he's on, he's on this UFC car coming up on the twenty second, um, day before day before I turn forty. So uh, hopefully they're gonna put on like one hell of a show for my birthday. Uh, hell yeah, man! Thank you. Happy and then birthday. last year, I think it was uh, last year. I think Con- it was Connor and uh, Cowboy Cerrone. On the twenty second, yep. so uh, they they never really let me down. So you know, I know that uh, Dana White must be getting all of my emails, or he, or maybe he does this because <laughs> he's filed some sort of restraining order against me. And he just wants me to leave him alone. But either way, you know, UFC cards coming up. But before we get to the card, I had some questions for you. Mm-hmm. Throw these out here. Get your opinion. Go a little bit back and forth. But my yeah. first question. Does Stipe fight for the title in 2022? No. My wife is in the back saying no. <laughs> That's one of those questions where you really can't feel too confident on either answer. Um, Stipe, 
in my eyes, is in a very weird position right now, given how many up-and-comers are taking the ranks right now in the heavyweight division. Um, he should have, in my mind, already had a fight booked. Whether it, you know, you can't, especially given how quickly he rematched for the belt after losing it to DC, you can't expect instant title rematches, uh, especially considering how, you know, violently he was knocked out. Um, do I think he's going to fight for the belt? I do. And I think that's going to happen. John Jones is going to fight the winner of whoever wins this fight between uh, Francis Ngannou and Cyril uh, Ghosn. Whether or not John Jones wins or not, I don't know. I'll tell you right now, I don't like his chances against nah. either of those two. Solely, he, he does not look like the same fighter. He's very hesitant. He's never had knockout power. And for him to be moving up a division is very scary. Because um, he's giving up every advantage that he had at light heavyweight in my mind. Um, I think John Jones gets a winner immediately. And then the winner between Jones and uh, whoever the you know the active champion at that time is will end up fighting Stipe as Stipe is the number one contender. Uh, so I, I do think Stipe will be in, there, be in there in a title fight. I don't think it's going to be at the beginning or the middle of the year. I think it'll be closer to right about like now, heading into the new year or you know at the tail end of whatever. Right. This well, year I mean, is. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be mad if the beginning of next year, right around my birthday again, is uh, mm-hmm. is a Stipe fight. Um, it'll just hopefully have to be somewhere yeah. where, you know, we can go and see it. Uh, you know, really love uh-huh. to do that. But I'm with you. I agree. Um, I don't. So starting with, with everything, once again, Stipe should have probably wrestled in Ghana and he'd probably still be the champion. But I think that uh, what's going to really go against him is the fact that he waited so long for that title defense. And I think mm-hmm. it really pissed Dana White off because, you know, I mean, yep. there was almost. And Ngannou's in a similar situation right now, which is even right. crazier. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's uh like, I mean, he waited almost a year for that fight, for that rematch. And I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I don't care about yep. the eye poke or anything. He was beating him anyway. Um, I mean, but I, I always shout out DC because he did a, a wonderful job, especially in those like last two rounds. But uh, unfortunately, yeah. I think by then it was it was already over. Um, but I think yep. that given that, like you said, they were trying to you know they're trying to push they were trying to push Francis as fast as possible to get him into the next fight because sure. before this fight he was always like I want to fight like immediately after I'm done. Then, mag- then magically, right. he got that belt around his waist, and he's like, nah, I can wait. <laughs> I'm good. And yep. then you add in, yep. uh, I think I think some of his has to do with the uh, the Jake Paul situation, where, you know, he's been living, you know, yeah. you got you got Jake Paul chirping in your ear about pay these fighters, pay these fighters. And, I mean, you, you see how much, uh, you know, uh, no offense to him, but uh, unfortunately now it has been like Tyron Woodley is getting paid you know, a Ben Askren yeah. to take to what I believe out. is to take a fall. I really do think that like, you know, I've, I've watched back that video and you see, and when I watch Tyron Woodley just straight up drop his hands and just take that punch to the face, mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no way anyone's just going to drop their hands like that. Like that's the first thing you learn is to keep your hands up, but that's neither here nor there. Right. But I mean, Tyron made what uh, I think almost $3 million off of one fight. 
And, he, you know, he was, yeah. I don't even know if he was making a million dollars with paper viewpoints in UFC. Not even close. But, you know, yeah. with, uh, with Francis out there, you know, and, and seeing like how much of a, a star he's become. And don't get me wrong, I feel I still feel like he's a one trick pony. I really feel like they they need to work Agreed. on his on his Agreed. wrestling because he reminds me of like yeah. old UFC kinda sorta where it was like, Yeah, we're just gonna punch each other in the face until somebody like passes out. And then when you got like a right. Randy Couture, people like that who could actually like wrestle was, you know, was really like what changed right. the game, especially in like the heavyweight division. Where they were just kind of throwing haymakers, but right. you know, he's a he's a callback to those times. But there's nothing you could do about it. I mean, the man's Mike Tyson, 1988 through like 90, and you know he doesn't have to know anything except for you know how to you know how to knock no. the fuck out. Which tell you what, man, that's a scary dude to try and come up with a game plan for. I mean, there there's no way around it. Um. And if you look at that, the uh, actually I just rewatched the uh, the second Stepe and him fight. Stepe tried taking him down, and you know Francis at that time he was working with uh, Kamaru Usman, who's uh, you know a D one wrestler and himself. Francis was stuffing those takedowns, and that, that's what really I think caused uh, Stepe to panic. Is because like, if you can't get him down, the last thing you want to do is sit there and yeah, that, that weight him. difference had a, had something to do with reason, it though. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, what, 40 pounds on them? And these are big dudes as is. I mean, to have a 40-pound advantage, especially knowing how hard that dude hits, I I can't even imagine what it would be like being in there with him, especially if you can't get him down. I mean, if your first takedown attempt fails, your stock just dropped like (laughs) 90%. That was your idea, and now you're fresh out of ideas. Yeah, yeah, that's a wrap, dude. Especially in the first round, you can't get him in the first round. Good luck getting him down second, third, fourth. I mean, I would have liked to see. I I think if he could have made it, and then I think if the the fight would have went a little bit longer, it might have been, you know, in Stipe's advantage. Because I mean, the dude. Yeah. The thing is, Stipe. People don't realize is he's like a a super athlete. You know, they don't realize he's you know he played baseball. Mm -hmm. He played like all these sports. The guy, you know, the guy was almost he was almost going to the majors. You know, he, he's, a, he's yeah. a really amazing athlete. But then you go get up against a, a Francis Ngannou, who's basically the same thing, where it's like, you know, sometimes. Just looks at you the wrong right. way. You're going to get Sometimes, like, all the skill in the world just can't stop, like, pure athleticism. But, like I said, like, yeah. you give, like you said, give up 40 pounds and you can't take them, you can't take them down. And, you know. Yeah. yeah, your options at that point are. Yeah, I can almost on. imagine like he's sitting there like, "What do I do?" And the corner sitting there like, "What the fuck is he supposed to do?" <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. at that point, and man, you're like, "Oh man, yes, it's going. Guess we're going home man. early." I I went to uh, that first fight between him and Ngannou in Boston. I've seen that live, and I I have never. I've been at the fight where Stipe fought in Cleveland to defend his belt against Overeem. I have never heard a crowd go from cheering and then that first round bell rings to just everybody's on the fucking edge of their seat because they have no idea how this is going to play out. And each round that Stipe would pick up, you'd hear him get a little bit more audible. And that comparing that to him fighting in Ganu in that fucking empty-ass arena, that was just depressing yeah. off-rip. 
you know, because you could hear every little impact from Ngannou. Ngannou's a specimen, man. And it's for him to be at the top right now, given how he, I I view him the same way. I think he's a one-trick pony. I don't think he's good in any one area outside of hitting really fucking hard. Um, Him versus Gon is such a toss-up. Because Gon on paper should win that fight Absolutely. nine times out of ten in any way that he wants. But all it's going to fucking take is that one bomb to put him out and change the course of everything. Right. And that's what's so scary about it. So my, my, my issue with, with this fight is that they, you know, they do a lot of, I go back to OWWE like rock Austin days where, mm-hmm. you know, they, they would put together the oh, yeah. awesome promos. You know, I think the one people might remember the most mm-hmm. is like the Limp Biscuit promo where it's just like them, like going face yeah. to face. And you're like, you can't wait for WrestleMania, yes. but they tried to do this with this, with this fight. And what made me angry is like this fight, it's a battle of behemoths, but at the same time, they're trying to play it off. as like, Oh yeah. Cyril God knows like, all about Francis and Ganu, and then it turns out that he sparred with them for like thirty minutes one time because he got off a flight, yeah. came over there to yeah. see like because they called him over and said, "Hey, we got this new guy," and then he's you know, and then he left, right. and it's like, no, he doesn't know everything in his. I fucking hate right. when they try to build. You don't know like anything that, about this man's Lord. playbook because the man only has one oh. play. He's going to punch you yeah. in the face. Let alone they're sparring in like twelve to fourteen ounce gloves. When you're putting a guy as big as Francis or anybody at that weight in four-ounce gloves, all they have to do is flick you on the chin, and nine times out of ten, you're going down. It's a completely different ballgame sparring with 12 to 14-ounce gloves. It's not even the same in my eyes. It's a completely right. different sport. And my, like My other thing is, like you said, God on paper wins this fight. God on paper should have just mm-hmm. watched the, the first Stipe and Ganu fight. and I mean, he's big enough to take him down and keep yeah. him down. And kind of do what he wants with him and wear him yep. out. I mean, I don't. If I'm him, there's no way on God's green earth I'm just gonna try to go punch for punch with him. Like, no, unless like. And if that's his game plan, man, oh god, right? Unless his boxing time. is absolutely immaculate, because to me, really, I've seen Francis kick a couple times, but all he is is a boxer who you can't take down. Um, right. Actually, can't wait right. to see if he re- if he retains if he'll be uh, he'll be allowed to fight Tyson Fury, even though he's going to get knocked unconscious. But nonetheless, it'll be a it'll be fun. Uh, but the thing is, like, I think Gon wins, but I didn't like the the build up. Like, don't try to sell me on don't try to sell me on bullshit. Like, just tell me the truth. Like, these mm-hmm. are two giant guys, and mm-hmm. let's see what happens when the one giant guy punches the other one, or you know how you know how that's going to go down. Right, and then you figure how Stipe works into this, and I think that he has to fight Derek Lewis, and that's yeah. a damn good and, fight too, especially given where both of them are. Yeah, at. and I think that uh, I think he'll beat Derek Lewis because, unfortunately, as much as I love Derek Lewis, I mean he's great on the mic, he's fun mm-hmm. to watch. Um, I know he's got a, yeah. a fight with Ty Tuivasa coming up. But I, I think you know he'll still yep. he'll still win that. So there'll be no shoeies that night. But um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, I, I think agree. that he's got to fight him because it's a good pick. Derek Lewis is like the, he's almost at this point a gatekeeper. He almost he almost 
yeah. uh, reminds me in a crazy way, and some people are going to hate this, of uh, Dustin Poirier to where like he does really, really good. It's he does really on. good until he gets yeah. up into that big fight. And then as soon as – yeah, championship. Right, and then, like, one. he just gets worked over. Like, Cyril Gaon just, I mean, it didn't look like Derek Lewis at all. It looked like he was, like, a, he like a wrestling right. jobber. Like, he just showed up to get beat up. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And it, ideally, that fight should have been made, like, two years ago between Steve and Lewis. Um, the fight that I would really like to see I would like to see, say, uh, see Stipe take a step back in the rankings. I don't think he needs to keep fighting inside the top five. You know, he's he's more than earned being able to pick and choose who he fights inside the pick, uh, top ten. Alexander Volkov. Yeah, that'd be a great fight. If you want to prepare Stipe for a champion like Gon, that is the fight to make. Gon, or, uh, Volkov is very karate-based, wide stance. Um I would love to see that. I would kill to see that fight. Um, whether it's it's never going to happen just because of how you know far steep A is con- compared to the rest of the rankings. Um, I, right now, I, I'm honestly shocked that we're heading into this fight week knowing that steep A still doesn't have a fight book. That that's really it's, scary. I don't me. know. I I I feel like I know he doesn't feel like he needs to fight. I feel like he needs to fight. I think mm-hmm. that. Um, uh, the I last agree. probably, I'd say decade has, uh, and I'll start with, you know, with Ronda Rousey. And when she was dominant, mm-hmm. and did you, <laughs> did you say fuck Ronda Rousey? <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. Right. I'm, I'm right there with you. I just needed to make sure he said fuck Ronda Rousey because nothing made me happier <laughs> than watching Holly Holmes knock her out and then watching like Amanda Nunez her. beat her up. But, you know, for for her, I mean, it, it was almost like it was almost like Connor, where she got too big for her britches, and she started doing everything else. Yep. And she came back, and of course, Holly Holmes knocks mm-hmm. her out. And then you know, she comes back to fight Amanda Nunez, and she had not fought in two years. You know, and they're, you know, if you're right. not like fighting like live in an arena against an actual opponent who's looking to hurt you. Besides, yeah. uh, besides uh, Travis Brown, who might, might besides well Travis Brown, be who may or may not be a, a woman beater, but we won't talk about that. That's allegedly. I don't know if she was trying to fight him in the house. No, we'll call but, him a woman. Nah, fuck that. Yeah. We'll <laughs> I mean, Derek anyway. Lewis had no problem saying it, but you know, she, she comes yeah. back against Amanda Nunez, and you know, just gets decimated. And you see the same thing with with Connor, yep. where he takes that time off, and you know, he comes back, and they put him, you know. I don't want to call, I don't want to call Cerrone a cupcake, but um, yeah, I no. think that that fight it seemed like Cerrone was just happy to be there, like like it wasn't the. Of course. And historically, that's how Cerrone is. He he chokes on the biggest of the the biggest of the main right. events. He chokes. That that's just. And a then given. you know, but then you know, he goes back. He you know, he fights Dustin. He he gets decimated. You know. And comes yep. back to try to you know do it again, and I mean, given that he was he you know broke his ankle or whatever, but Dustin's Dustin was piecing yeah. him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I you could run that fight back as many times as you want, as far as uh, you know, fucking um, Poirier and McGregor go. I don't see it going any different. McGregor. He has that quitter's mentality. The moment he faces any adversity outside of the first round, 
he, he's on a very fast decline going forward. I don't, even, I don't think it's I don't even think it's a quitter's mentality. Like I didn't even get to mention the Khabib fight where, you know, Khabib's talking to mm-hmm. him while he's kicking his ass and asking him if he's ready for him to stop. Like that, <laughs> so you know, good, dude. that to me yeah. is right up there with uh, Max Holloway and Calvin Cater where he's talking to DC, telling him about he's the greatest boxer yeah. alive. When you're asking the man, hey, do you want me to stop beating you? You could just tap out, bro. Like, you, right. could, it's okay for you to just right. let go. But I think what Connor has is um, yeah. a billion dollars. And <laughs> yeah, he knows that. And for him to even be coming back, I mean, you got to, you know, I, I could tell you right now, if I had a billion in the bank account, the last fucking thing on my mind is fighting somebody. You know, I could pay somebody to right. fight for me at that point, you know. Like, <laughs> but he's just like, yeah, I'm with like, he just He keeps coming back because he knows he'll, he'll make the money. And I think also because he realizes that if he's not in that ring, his relevancy goes away. Yeah. So, you know, no one's going to yes. care about proper 12 if you don't hear from, from Connor in like five, six years. And I 100% agree. And I think that's when we see him running his mouth whether it be on Twitter, going at random random people, whatever, I think a lot of that has to do with him not wanting to accept that he's not as relevant as he was in 2015. Even after the Floyd fight, I'd argue that he didn't really rise in popularity. Like, he just happened to have more money there. You know, I, I don't think it gets any bigger than Connor starching Jose Aldo yeah. in 13 seconds. You know what I mean? I, I don't. And I that pains me, you know, to even say that because I love Jose Aldo. I, I just don't think he gets any bigger than that. In the fights that he's t- – like when you get the Cerrone fight, it doesn't do anything for him if he wins that. Like, yeah, that led into, uh, you know, the um, the Poirier fight. But, that, I mean, that fight made sense linearly because, you know – Poirier, he had the win over Poirier, and Poirier at that at the time when you know come rematch time, he was at the top of the division. That makes sense. But, I mean, how many times are we going to run that fight back? I mean, you as long I mean? as people keep paying for it, like, though, like, like that. Like, that's yeah, that's that's the fucked up right. part. Somebody's I mean, gonna I'm not going to lie to you. The fucked up part is I'll pay for it. Like I will pay to watch yeah, that fight 100%. just because of the fact. Well, hopefully, not anymore. Now that I sent you that. Yeah, I'm. Not, yeah, no, no more. But. Please God, don't. I'm, you know, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to help the fighters get paid. I think so. So I can stop. So I can start coming back. Lost, lost cause. Cause. But uh, cause. like I, I think just because they'll play it off of hey, he broke his ankle and we don't know what would have happened. Although we all absolutely, yeah, yeah we all absolutely happened. saw what was happening. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it, they're running like, that back. But after you saw the drug test, Connor, because he's now like super huge and i'm like there's no way you got those gains in a couple yeah. months with your with your with your leg broken no. <laughs> no yeah that dude's on some type of fucking cycle or something man i think a week after the injury they showed like a video of him doing pull-ups with a you know his little wheelchair <laughs> underneath him <laughs> yeah like this? yeah this he went like straight ivan drago like after like a month yeah. of getting your arm fixed, and I'm like, where's like where are the all we need to get these seats where you put the needle? Where where's the yeah. needle at? I would have a USADA guy at his doorstep at six AM daily. That's your guys' biggest star. Test him immediately. Like uh, that's my thing, it's like you see how big this dude got, but yet 
at the same time, you guys wanted to test Daniel Cormier like 85 times a year, and he's still like, you know, no offense because I love Cormier, but he's still like, yeah, yeah he's still like a pot belly guy walking out there. Like, he barely looks like yeah. he's even like working out. <laughs> like, yeah. he might be the, he, like to me after a while, Daniel Cormier, black Roy Nelson. <laughs> 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 If, that was a good one. That was a good one. I haven't heard that in a while. Black Roy. I haven't heard Roy Nelson in a while, man. Whatever uh, unfortunately, guy. I guess he was the white Daniel Cormier, and it didn't work Destroyed out as him. well. But, I mean, he's, he – I mean, but that's Daniel Cormier. It's like whole thing. It's like I'm going to get on you and use my pot belly and my dad bod to, like, hold you down right. and wear you out unless you're John Jones because you'll knock right. me out before I get to it. <laughs> and the funny thing is – John Jones was on steroids to tie back into everything we were just talking about, about USADA. Gotta love it. What a what a beautiful cycle of life they have going on. Yeah, in the it US all comes either. back to John Jones doing steroids and cocaine. <laughs> yeah, and then you, as an opponent, you have to say that you lost to that guy that was on a fucking <laughs> bender during one weekend. You know, like, imagine having to say that as a competitor. I would retire. That's probably why DC's retired now. He just can't come to terms like this fucking guy beat me after a weekend of cocaine and poker. right, and that you know, and he I'd can't he can't too. deal with the fact that like you know, Stipe beat him two times in a row. And uh, in no offense, yeah. it probably in probably the first the second match he probably should have won. And uh, oh, except dude. for he like he decided that since he could knock him out, luckily with that dirty Got elbow, he's like yeah. I can box with him. And then it yep. turned out you couldn't box with him yep. because the other thing that, that Stipe can nope. do, which is uh, one thing a lot of guys can't do, and I would say there's three kinds of people, those who can give a beating, those who can take a beating, and those who can do both. Mm-hmm. And Stipe can do both. both. <laughs> yeah. How many times do you see UFC fighters ripping to the body like Stipe did in that, in, in that fight? I mean, let alone, like, it's one thing to throw a kick to the body, but, like, to be actually swinging your fists at another man's body when they have all the control in the world to throw a leg at your head or a fist at your head or an elbow, I, it's, un, it's unreal to me that he was even able to not only go to the body, but do it as often as he did it. There was like 13, you know, he's he right. fake upstairs, swing around, come downstairs. He did that 13 times in a row in DC. Yeah, the fakes were dope. Every time was like, oh, what the fuck was that? Like, <laughs> you know, he was completely lost. And that, that's that Golden Gloves championship fucking, you know, Golden Gloves really isn't anything as far as, you know, it's just an accolade. But they, it, it's that mentality for him to rip to the body solely focus on boxing in that in that instance for him to be ripping to the body like that consecutively in connecting that's where that golden glove mentality came in it's unreal i, I still can't believe that second fight went how it did let alone the right. third fight like I, I just feel like at that point it was it was a lot of people don't take into account body shots anymore like everybody wants to swing yeah. for the fences and that's why you see these guys throw haymakers. Yep. It's like, if you land it, you're knocking them out. If you miss it, right. they're knocking you out. <laughs> and, and, exactly. You know, Especially at that weight class. Yeah, so it's a, I mean, it's, it's a fun thing, but, you know, 
I think we'll get back on it. But my prediction for Nganu and Gan, and well, like I said, we'll go over the rest okay. of the card. But definitely, I think it only goes. I think it goes two rounds, and I am okay. going to take Nganu in the Gotta second round. Ganu, right? Yeah. Within two rounds. I okay. think that in the first round, Gan tries to like maybe tries to take him down. But I think with the crowd around, he's going to feel like he has to try to go blow for blow with, you know, the Predator. And it's not about to happen because right. he's always that, you know, one shot away. Yeah. that Honestly, it would not surprise me. But to that point, Gon was in Houston, Derek Lewis's hometown. And he played Lewis like a fucking fiddle. You know, I, like, just toyed with him. It wasn't really until, like, the second or uh, third round that he really started throwing things with, like, serious intention. Um, it, it will – Lewis isn't Ga- or, uh, in Ghanu at the end but of the day. But he did beat him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, which – World's crappiest fight. What the, Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was there in Vegas for that. I have never been more disappointed watching that fight. Um that all goes to you know the fact that styles make fights. This 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 one coming up though, man, it, it's I'm going with Gon okay. purely because he should win it. Purely because he should win it. I and as a fan, I haven't seen enough of Gon to really make me think that he shouldn't. I've only re- like to be honest with you, the first fight of his that I watched was the the Lewis fight. That's it. That's all I watched on the guy. And just seeing how he shut down Lewis, that's a really hard thing to do, especially when you have Derek Lewis in his home fucking town of Houston, Texas. I mean, you got all those thousands of fans in your ear booing you. And for him to be as calculated and patient as he was, um, I think that's going to carry a lot into this fight. We could sit here and talk about this blue in the face. All it takes is one shot from Francis, and that's what's so intriguing it's, about uh, this. I mean, it, to me, the the only analogy I can give it is um, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. Tyson Fury has all the tools, yeah, but Deontay Wilder still has that overhand yep. right. Yeah, and you know if that's a really good way of looking at it, too. you know. By the way, what the fuck is Francis and God talking <laughs> about? He has no fucking business even being in the conversation. Hey. I, I, there's no way the UFC lets him fight unless he loses this fight. This is his last fight on the contract. If he wins it, he's automatically renewed for a new fight. So that's in the contract. If he loses, though, they can let him fuck off and do whatever he wants. But I mean, <laughs> but they, but they can't. Like he's too much. Like he's too much of a star. Yeah, and I think that Connor, yeah. Connor, kind of proved it. Are they going to want to pay him to retain him? They though? have to. If he, I mean, uh, once again, wrestling. I'm going back to wrestling. Like it, it's like CM Punk beating yeah. John Cena on the day his contract retires, and yeah. you go home and you put the belt in the refrigerator right. and you don't think about it. Like, yeah, like <laughs> if you, if you yeah. don't pay the man the money and he wins the fight, then. No matter what, or who who wins the interim belt, or if they put on some type of you know tournament, that person's not the champion. Yeah. You know, Francis Ngannou is right. the champion, and it's, so yeah. you have you have to pay the man. And also, the, you know, the big thing with uh, with Conor McGregor was how much money the UFC made off of that fight. 
You know, I mean, people right. look at people right. look at Connor's hundred million dollars. They're like, that's great, but they forget that you know Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather made a half a billion taken? dollars off that fight, and the UFC right. I think made almost like a half a billion dollars off that fight. You know, right. Connor's little, and that was just right. from Connor's and, end. You know, we were just talking about right. how you know Connor losing didn't help him. It would have been a completely different story had he had he managed to win. You know that, but right. I mean, he he didn't have a punch of chance. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a movie called yeah. The Great White Hype, and uh, if you, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that is exactly what I thought this was. It was like, okay, this is a great white hype. Like you just like you want him to win so bad, and it you know it's crazy because you know Floyd's an excellent heel, but you know at the end of the right. day, he had no chance. That's a damn good way of looking at <laughs> yeah. it too. When you're looking at it from like a WWE standpoint, as far as heels and uh, you know, baby faces go, that that really is the way to look at it, especially when you're you're dealing with something cross promotional like that. Right. But like I said, it, it it'll it'll be two behemoths clashing. If it goes to matter of fact, there, there's part of me that says if it goes to the second round, I would be impressed. Yeah, I would be impressed. I agree. I agree. And that goes for really any heavyweight fight, you know. Like I'm, I'm, you guys make it out this first round. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm locked in. You, you got my undivided Absolutely. attention. Absolutely, and I. But the the way I see it is, you know, there. If Francis Ngannou just absolutely destroys him, I don't know what Dana White's going to do except for back mm-hmm. up the fucking Brinks truck because that's all you can do. Who else is left? I mean, do you do the the Lewis rematch, permitting Lewis beats uh, Tuivasa? I well, mean, it, it's got to be Jones. But like you said, I agree with you. Jones doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, right. I keep forgetting he's even the fucking. In you the know, talks. you upped your what? He's got what? He had like 50, 60 pounds of muscle. So there goes like your speed. And don't be right. wrong, his 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 striking's always been amazing. But once again, your striking speed's gonna go away. Yeah, like. What like what are you going to do? And he's never had right. knockout power. Everybody at heavyweight has knockout power in some way, shape, or form. You right. know what if I he mean? can wrestle him, it, there's a, it, there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Good right. luck. But good luck. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know where that one where that one is going to go. But I will move on to the uh, the co-main, which uh, I think I might actually be looking forward Boy. to more than the main event itself. Rematch, Moreno, oh, yeah. Figueredo, God of War trying to come back and, and, and get that title. And I can tell you, mm-hmm. like, this one right here, if, it's probably, out of everything on the main card, it's going to be fight. It'll be fight of the night. It's people's yeah. main event. People's main event to me. And I, I 100% agree. That is going to be a certified banger. Like, I cannot wait to see where this goes. I mean, I the the flyweight title, you know, for such a long time, it was just kind of, you know, it was something that, that no one cared about. And like to see it yep. to see it make a comeback like it has. And then, you know, yeah. You've, it's beautiful. you've got these beautiful. guys and so many other great fighters just waiting in the wings. But yeah. I am I want Moreno to retain. I like Brandon Moreno. Uh, Moreno, I, I think he's a scrappy underdog. I always like that. But then there's yep. a part of me that's like, oh, let Davidson win because I want a trilogy. Yeah, 
yeah, that's man, what a what a series of events they've set those two up for as far as you know rematches go. Um, that's a fight you can run, you know, a best of seven, and nobody would give a fuck. Not not give a fuck in the sense that they don't care about watching it, but like they don't care how many times they fight. Just right. put them on the screen. Um, super intriguing. Going into this one, Figueredo has a lot of pressure on his back. Um, a lot. I, I'd argue more so than Moreno. Moreno doesn't have to prove anything. A lot of people thought he won the first fight. I, I kind of did. I, I think I, I can't even remember with. Yeah, was that a draw? I think it was a. I think it was a draw, but they. Everybody saw it was a draw, but I think they gave it to Figueroa. I said Moreno. I said Moreno won three to two, but. Okay, so yeah, if I mean, if if we're going based on that, draw the first fight, definitive stoppage the second fight. I mean, Moreno fucking shut him down, you know, in every aspect, whether it was striking, the grappling exchanges, he shut him down. Um. It all depends on what type of mentality Figueredo comes into on fight night. I know he has Henry Cejudo in his camp now, which might play a, a uh, you know a significant or insignificant mind game because uh, Moreno trained under right. Cejudo on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, so I, I really think that's more of a mind game on Figueredo's part than anything having uh, Cejudo in his corner. But I mean that you know you see a former coach standing across from you, I mean, you know, that, that could very well determine how you perform in that given moment. Um, to me, that's a pick em fight. I'm going with Moreno, but I can't feel truly confident in saying one um, or the I other. I agree. I'm actually going with Moreno. I actually think that this will go to about the third round. I think he's going to knock him out. Mm-hmm. I legit think he's going to knock him out. I think that, I think I that see it. Figueredo is really, really, like, too impetuous and, and trying to get this, trying to, you know, run it back as fast as possible. And, yeah. you know, the thing with that is if you don't really go in there, I don't feel like there was enough time for him to like really study the fight and see what he did wrong and, and fix right. the things that, right. that, uh, that he was going to do. And I actually think that Cejudo yeah. being in his corner is a hindrance because Cejudo knows old Brandon Moreno. So he's like, okay, yeah. I can tell you, you know, Very I can tell you point. this, but then, you know, if he switches up his style from what Henry knows, now this guy who's in your corner, right. he's absolutely useless. Exactly. And it puts more pressure on that fighter. And I'm actually pretty uh, pretty amazed that Cejudo is in anyone's corner because I felt like eventually he would have to come back. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I thought for sure he was going to get that fight against Volkanovski. After Max pulled out, I thought, yeah, I mean, it made the most sense. You know, you got Korean Zombie on a one-fight win streak. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense if you put Zombie in there because he's not really close to a title, but he's a huge right, draw, yeah, and he's a, a fan fans. favorite. Yes, it makes sense, but I, I thought for sure they were going to instantly, and I, I think Cejudo was in talks. But from what Henry's saying, I don't think they wanted to pay him what Henry thinks he should have been paid, and that's what it came down to. I, th- I do think Henry was the first option, uh, and he, you know, given his accolades, he asked for a million dollar plus payday, and they said no. I'm not. Well, I mean, I, I get it's weird. It's a weird, weird situation. I'm to be not in. saying 
that he's As not a worth a million dollars. I think that the pay-per-view would do really, really well. But it's one of those things where, once mm-hmm. again, like it would be worth the money if he still had some type of championship. And I think the thing yes. was he thought I that agree. when he left, the flyweight division would like fall apart. And the thing is, it hasn't fallen right. apart. And right, and it wasn't, you know, there's no reason to like bring him back. Like he's not, if he leaves or if he stays, people, unfortunately right. people don't care about it. Like even when he was fighting TJ mm-hmm. Dillashaw and he was trying to, you know, kind of like sell those fights, and, you know, he brings the snake up there and like beats the snake on the ground. Like he is right. literally, and I think Daniel Cormier said it, like he, he did so much wrestling and his whole life was about wrestling that he literally has no personality. And like he, yeah. The reason that, you know, the reason that you, you like him is because, you know, he won the gold medal and, you know, and he beat, he beat Demetrius right. Johnson who may or may not have had a broken foot. Yeah. Who may or may beat. not have had a broken foot. Beat. Um, I had DJ right. three to I think two if, on I think card. if they ran it back. I was so fucking yeah. disappointed. I think they run dude. it back before uh, DJ gets traded for Ben Askren. Worst trade ever. Um, <laughs> that that DJ continues to have that title, but I guess you know that was the whole issue with the flyways anyway yeah. was that no one could beat DJ. Although I think Moreno or Figueroa right. would have eventually like would have eventually beat him. I think that you know they're on his level and are better. Yeah, but I'd like to see I'd like to see Henry go out there because the only reason is because of course Volkanovski would get a rematch if, if Henry won, but there. But lying in wait somewhere is TJ Dillashaw, and I would love to see that rematch. Yeah, I, that's fair. I, I'll tell you what, man. I, I, I'm really biased against TJ Dillashaw right now, partially because I was there on my birthday at Buffalo Wild Wings watching him fight Corey oh, Sandhagen. Yeah. Corey he did. won. He that won that. Fight. He won that fight. He won that fight. I don't care. I don't know what the fuck the judges were watching. I mean, this dude's face looked like a balloon after it. And I was so mad because, I mean, it all worked out in the end because you had Jan versus Sam Hagen. I guess that, you know, it kind of has a way of figuring itself out. But TJ Dillashaw, as far as I'm concerned, he shouldn't be anywhere near that fucking title shot. He should be fighting guys that are in the top 10 at towards the bottom working his way back up not getting a top three guy right off the rip i see the only reason that i think that he is back in the top three is because of all the controversy and it makes a really good story for if he comes right. back and he's clean and he went you know and he wins the title yeah uh, i think that it yeah. i think Sanhagen was um i think the best way to put it was you know he he was in a he was in a lose-lose because he to yeah. win that fight, he would have had to absolutely destroy Dillashaw, because they're you know they're right. really trying they're really trying to push Dillashaw and just using Sanhagen to do it, and you know it, it puts him in a right. shitty place because I love Corey Sanhagen as as a fighter. Um, I'll always wonder yeah. if TJ Dillashaw was on steroids all those times that he beat Cody Garbrandt, who I love, and <laughs> so yeah. so like yeah. I want yeah. like. Yeah, I want nothing to do yep. with Dillashaw either. Um, he was on, uh, I think it was a Joy, Joe Coy podcast. He'd be on there all the time, like, pushing his, like, organic foods yeah. and vitamins. And <laughs> Bro, have you heard the name uh-uh. of that place? Do you, know what he, do you know what he literally called that, his little fucking Shake Shack or whatever? It's called Clean Juice. 
He named it that. I swear to God, bro. Not even a week after he had popped, he put a post on IG saying, here's my new shop called Clean Juice. I know it just popped for HGH, but here's my new shop. <laughs> I, I yeah, He had to have been trolling us. Like, there's, there's no way you can consciously make that decision and not be trolling people. I don't think, like, I don't think he knows when he does things that are wrong. I mean, like I said, like bringing it, unfortunately, you know, bring it, bringing it back. Like he's gonna end up with a title shot, and and it sucks. Yeah. But. Yep. I think that you know, right now, as far as like as far as Henry goes, I'd like to see him go back to flyweight, get that belt back. Mm-hmm. But Moreno Figueredo is gonna be this. Like it, I really, I probably have higher expectations for it than anything else and this you know it could technically you know go straight batman v superman and i could just be sitting there you know looking looking confused at the end of the fight yeah right and i have such high expectations for that fight because you know like you said it's the people's fight you know moreno is is the people's champion people love this guy yeah, yes. and he's yes. he, you know he's fighting a hairdresser from Brazil. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The right. story's there, man. The story is there. It's really on them to make the most of it. And given their you know the first two fights, I, I have no doubt this is going to be a back and forth war to see who wants it more at the end of the day. And I am just happy we're getting five rounds out of it. <laughs> you know. Let this be a three-round fight. You can. You, there's a lot of room for debate in three-round fights if they go to distance. Five rounds, that's a dog fight. Past oh, round yeah, three. but I think that uh, the other thing is I'm super excited because as I look down the main card, I'm like, these are the only mm-hmm. two fights that like are like super interesting. I mean, we, I mean, we can move on yeah. to the next fight, which is Michael Paralima against Andre Fialo, and I don't have any idea who Andre Fialo is. I, I, no I know idea. who Lima is. Michelle, yeah, Piera. He's he likes to do backflips and fights. So I guess that'll be a fun fight, judging on that. Uh, yeah. What do we? Greg Hardy versus Alexi Olenek. I hope Greg Hardy. Dies. <laughs> Absolutely. I fucking. Greg hate Hardy him. is the is. I cannot stand it. I dude. mean, the I'm more pissed at the way they pushed him. And like right after yeah, he got you I, know arrested for for damn near beating a woman to death, yeah, like that was yeah, that's what they capitalized right. and that, on. And that you know too. that was so like I don't know like just blind to the moment. And it's like you know yeah. If I anything, agree. fine. You want if he wants to fight, I would just put him in there like a ama- like right against top ten people and let them beat him up. Yeah. So it's it's uh oh hold on I'm gonna pause for one second. Gotcha, brother. 